This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. How are you doing this morning, Good, Naz? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm great. I, it's a thrill and an honor to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour in studio with us this morning, the entertainer himself. Eddie Shack. Good morning, Eddie. Morning, morning. <laughs> clear, also, the, clear the track. Here, here comes Shaq. I used uh, to knock him down, and I used to give him a whack. You gave him a lot of whacks, whack, Eddie. Whack, whack, whack. Anyways, there's a special reason we have Eddie in studio this morning. Uh, there's a new book out. It's a, I, I, I think it's a fantastic book, and we're also pleased to welcome in studio this morning the publisher of the book, the president of Frameworth Publishing, Inc. The book is... Eddie Shack, Hockey's Most Entertaining Stories by Ken Reed and published by Brian Aaronworth. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Uh, it's, it's great to have you guys in, but it's also a big day. And just to let our listeners uh, give our listeners a little roadmap of the show. It's a big day in Toronto sporting history. TFC's going after the MLS Cup tonight for the third time this afternoon. Sorry, at three o'clock for the third time in four years. And we'll come back to uh, Brian and Eddie. We're going to come back to you shortly. But it's an opportunity at this point in time to talk to Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer, Carmine Marcantonio. Carmine, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Walter and Naz and all your guests. Uh, it's great to be in your show again and talk Toronto uh, uh, FC in the, in the final, as you said, for the third time in four years. Quite an achievement for our city. Uh, Carmine, this must bring back memories for you, uh, and I, I want to go down memory lane. Uh, you know, you uh, you were a big uh, soccer player in the Toronto area in the, I guess, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, you and I actually played for the same club, not the same team. Uh, I certainly didn't have your skill set, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, 1976 was also a big day in Toronto sporting history when you played for uh, for Metro's Croatia and you won the NASL title. You're memories of that particular day uh, and that particular game? Oh, that's that's a long, long time ago, Walter, as you say. Well, you got to remember, this is Zoomer Radio, Carmina. Yes, <laughs> right. And uh, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that probably watched us uh, during uh, that time. It was a great time for Toronto football lovers, uh, soccer lovers, uh, because uh, maybe for the first time in the longest time, uh, the Leafs had them won. I think the last time the Leafs won was uh, 1966, right? Seven. 67. <laughs> 67, okay. Because I came to this great country of ours, Canada, from Italy in 1968. So I never had seen uh, a championship team uh, win, win anything uh, in Toronto. Uh, when, I, when I came in 68 as a, six, a 15-year-old, uh, you know, my passion was soccer, so I started playing for the team that you mentioned, Toronto Italia, and uh, and from then I went on to as a rookie to play for Toronto Metro Station, the North American Soccer League. 
that Pelé made famous. And then uh, in our team, we had the great Eusebio. And we just had an amazing run. And, uh, you know, as Rocky, myself, and Bobby Arushi, that is a Toronto native, uh, we were just uh, mesmerized to, to be in the final, to play with the, our captain, the great Eusebio, and uh, just the one in Seattle, 3 nothing, we beat Minnesota. And brought home uh, a championship to Toronto for the first time. And uh, so I hope now, uh, I told uh, Bill Manning, the president of TFC, uh, a few years ago, 1976, he celebrated that team for, uh, uh, he hosted us uh, in, uh, you know, yeah, it was a great host to celebrate 40 years from the victory in uh, 2016. And I said to Bill, Bill, this would be a great omen for Toronto FC because we know Toronto FC hadn't done much uh, until that time. And sure enough, in 2017, uh, they went to the final. And uh, I'm sorry, 2016, they went to the final and they lost it uh, to Seattle. Then they won it again, as we know, in 2017. So hopefully this will be their second championship that they bring home. Carmen, um Toronto FC hasn't, hasn't lost a game in three months. It's, it's a similar to what your team was like. You peaked at the right time. Do you think the, the FC are going to win today? Well, Naz, you know, it, it's, uh, winning it's, uh, and it's a habit. Like losing becomes a habit. So uh, I hope they, can, they, they, they keep the habit up for, for, you know, for, uh, for the last time for this year, anyhow. Uh, I think they're in a good streak, as you mentioned, and it happened to us, Metro's creation, when in 1976, we went in a winning streak towards the end of the season, and then uh, and I never looked back in the playoffs uh, and, and won it all the way. We were the underdog, big time. And I think even this time around, TFC, pretty well, it's imaging that team, that first team that I played in, in, in 1976. So, Hopefully they'll keep it up. I think they have a good chance. I would say 50-50, but because I, I believe in karma, I believe in good things happening because we have a, an, an amazing team with a, a great leader in uh, Bill Manning and, and Greg Manny, the coach, I believe the boys will take it home. I, I really feel, uh, feel very positive about the game. Talking to Kahneman and Marcantonio, Canadian Soccer Hall of Famer. We're talking about TFC in the MLS Cup Final this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Carmina, assess the game, analyze the game for us. Uh, what does TFC have to do to win this game? Well, TFC will play like they did. Uh, I, I think the lineup is pretty well going to be the same, Walter, as, as they have played in the three playoff games uh, with, uh, against DC at home. And then... Underdogs are wave uh, in uh, in New York and uh, and also in Atlanta. They'll pretty well have the same team starting and will try to defend. Will let uh, the Seattle Sounders uh, attack them and then uh, try to hit on the counter attack like they did in in Atlanta and uh, in uh, in New York. And I think they're very capable. We have uh, you know the great leader Michael Bradley. Uh, uh, I, I hope that if we win, I believe Michael will stay on and, and he should stay, you know, should be signed back by TFC. I hope this will, could be his last game. Uh, my, my understanding is Michael Bradley, that was playing, by the way, is playing his 200 game. This is a 200 game in, with TFC colors. And he's been the great leader and uh, on the field and he will show it again uh, in this final. And 
they'll they'll have uh, they'll grab the midfield and and Osorio who are big parts because this this was the same midfield the one in uh, 2017 against against the same Seattle Sounders. So that's basically what I believe that uh, CFC will have um, pretty well the same lineup with uh, Ponsuelo playing a, a false number nine more. It will it will roam the midfield and and try to attack the flanks and uh, and hopefully we're gonna hit them uh, on the on the counter and uh, there'll be there'll be seventy thousand people there in Seattle today uh, this afternoon so it will be a hard hard fought game but uh, at the end I, I I believe that we you know we're gonna be able to score couple of goals uh, because I know Seattle is very capable to score up front. They got uh, formidable players in uh, in uh, in the attacking uh, threesome: Lodero and uh, Rui Diaz and uh, Morrison, uh, the the American boy that is doing quite well. So, uh, so, but I, I think we're gonna pull it off, uh, Walter. Carmen, do you know if Altidore is dressing today? I I got the suspicion that he's gonna be fit enough to be on the bench. Um, I I don't know because probably they're gonna keep that secret until until the end. But my suspicion, Nas, is that he's gonna be dressed. He's gonna be on the bench, and uh, if needed, I think he's gonna they're gonna try him out for those uh, twenty minutes, uh, you know, to try to win the game. He's definitely a potent forward. Uh, but um, hopefully he's, he's close to being 100%. Um, and it, because he's missed about at least about three weeks, if not a month now, since that injury. So it's always difficult to come back from uh, an injury. And I think it's the quad. And with the quad, as you know, I'm not sure if it's left uh, quad, left uh, right quad. And, you know, he's a right, right for the player. Uh, so with the quad, I know I've had one injury as such in my early days, and it's very difficult to to. to it takes time to heal because you shooting with that, using the muscle to shoot to put you know, force in your shot, and uh, it could be you know it could injure it again if it's not 100. percent But I think he's close to 100, percent and I think we'll still see some minutes if he's going to be on the bench, which I I have the suspicion that he will play. He will be on the bench, and he will probably come in for 20 minutes. Uh, we've been the, talking- biggest, the biggest guys, I, I must say this, because I was similar players as, as these three. Uh, you know, we have two, one Canadian boy that's done really well. He's been the key. Uh, uh, Richie Luria is, is a, a Toronto boy that Toronto FC picked up this year from Orlando. And he's been coming as a, as a winger you know, right fullback. And he's been the turning point for TFC in many games. He's got speed, he's got skills, and he's got gut, the boy, and he, he does a lot of work. And to me, one of the MVP, you know, unsung era for TFC is Marky Delgado. He must be a bit like me as a player. He's a eight, number eight, right midfielder. He does a lot of work. Marky's got amazing feet, and he's got uh, he's an international with the U.S. team. And I think he's, he's the unsung hero. I think he's come big with Osorio in the midfield, and obviously with uh, with the captain Bradley. I think that's probably our strength at midfield, and uh, and hopefully the you know Delgado. Hopefully, he hasn't scored many goals, but hopefully he's had the chances. 
Kainmiri, on the topic of scoring goals, really quickly, we've got to go to break, and uh, uh, we've got Eddie, Eddie clear the track shack in the house today. Kainmiri, prediction, final score. Final score at CTFC 2-1. 2-1. Yes. That's my score, too. Your score, Naz? 3-1, TFC. TFC. So we got, TFC's got to win. We got 3-0 three, three and oh on the predictions. Kairmine, you know how much we appreciate you uh, joining us on Sunday mornings and sharing your soccer insights. Please enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch up soon. And say hi to Eddie Shark for me, because when I came here, I started loving the hockey, too, besides my, my passion soccer, and he was one of my heroes at the time. We certainly will, and he's got a he's got a big smile in, on and his I face. And I always played golf at his golf course. <laughs> we all played golf at his golf course. <laughs> That's where I started. <laughs> we all started there, Humber Valley and Eddie Shacks and Don right, Valley. Exactly. That's all where right. we all, all the started. Best, you guys, all the listen, best. Kadmir, yeah. thanks so much, and right. uh, bye bye. Go TFC! Uh, just before we go to break, just remind our listeners in the house today, the entertainer himself, Eddie Shack. And also the book is Eddie Shack, Hockey's Most Entertaining Stories with Ken Reed. We're also in studio this morning. The publisher, the president of Frameworth Publishing Inc., Brian Aaronworth. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realized that some big pizza conglomerates want to make the cheapest pizza. Some want to be the fastest. At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone bait, the traditional Italian way. It's what we strive for every day, to be the best, not the fastest or the cheapest. Oh, cue the announcer. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly. 
the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. If you're listening in downtown Toronto, we're also on 96.7 FM. We also live video stream at www.zoomerradio.ca. Once again, uh, in studio with us this morning, the entertainer himself, Eddie Shack, and uh, publisher of uh, the Eddie Shack new book. If you're watching on the internet, I'm just showing it right now. Eddie Shack. Hockey's- I got a black eye there, too. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey's Most Entertaining Stories. It's with Ken Reed. Uh, we picked up a copy uh, this week. It's a great book. It's really, really well done. If you're looking for a Christmas uh, Christmas present for a special sports fan or hockey fan, uh, Naz and I both highly recommend it. It's got some fantastic pictures in it. It's got some great stories. And who's who's who who could not have the best stories in hockey other than the entertainer Eddie Shack? And of course, Eddie's in studio this morning with his cowboy hat. So uh, once again, if you want to see him live, www.zoomerradio.ca. Mister Edward Stephen Philip Shack, welcome <laughs> to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Oh, it's great, and to welcome be here. to Zoomer Radio. Sunday morning, like <laughs> getting up early. Well, I always did get up early for church. I'm Catholic, eh? <laughs> well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Brian, thanks so much for joining us. The book. Um, just want to talk about the book really briefly. Um, Naz and I, uh, you know, we love the book. It's uh, The pictures are outstanding. The quality of it is outstanding. Uh, the way it's put together, you, there's testimonials in it from Wayne Gretzky, from George Armstrong, from Phil Esposito, and there's others that uh, can't mention them all. Um, perfect little vignettes from uh, Eddie's wife, Norma. Uh, Ken Reed, uh, work of passion, obviously, for him. It's a work of passion for you. Tell us where the book came from. Well, you know, Eddie Eddie drops by our offices on a regular basis to stir the pot and we call him Mr. HR violation there. <laughs> I can hear him coming down the hall and I frequently have to check with the females in the office whether he's done anything to offend them. And they all love him. So they all got his back. But he was sitting in my office and we we're telling some of the many stories from the past, which is stuff that I love to hear. And most hockey fans love to hear, but never really get a chance. And I said, you know, we got to get that down in a book. And he says, I'd love to do a book. And so I phoned uh, Ken Reed, a friend of mine who had who has published a number of books before. I said, Ken, would you be interested in doing a book about Eddie Shack? And he said, absolutely. So we, uh, he says, when do you want to put it out? And I said, well, Christmas. He said, Christmas of 2020? I said, no, this year. He says, that was back in February. He said, I, I don't know. He says, I've never heard of a book getting done that fast. And we put this together and it's ready for sale right now. 
And uh, on that note, uh, Eddie, uh, I want to turn it over to to you. And uh, I, I've I've got I've got a whole bunch of notes here. I probably need five shows to get through everything I want to get through with you. So we'll do the best we can. But uh, the question I always like to ask, um, certainly from uh, from legends like yourself who've been around a long, long time, grew up in Sudbury, Sudbury Ontario. Uh, That's where they grow potatoes. The only way they get them out, they blast them. <laughs> 82 years young, you are. Uh, but I always like to ask, um, you're growing up, uh, the dream of playing in the NHL. Um, do you remember when you first acquired that bug, when you thought, hey, I want to play in the NHL? Who inspired you? Who are your mentors? Who well, are your heroes? Well, first of all, from Sudbury, working next door at a butcher place, uh, very, very young and, uh, and then enjoyed working. And I worked, worked and worked. And my dad said, you gotta, you know, you gotta get out and play with the kids. And, uh, my dad got me a pair of skates. And then uh, Timmy Horton lived right across the road. Brian Campbell lived on the other, he had the rink in his backyard and they start skating. And then on the roads, there at that time was no salt or anything, so you 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 played on the roads, and uh, and somebody says there's a a practice thing in Guelph, uh, the Guelph Biltmores, who, who are now the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they're, they're the Guelph Biltmores. That's, Biltmores. That's yeah. what they were now. Yeah. They're, they're they're Mad Hatters or something. I, okay. I don't know the name now, but they said uh, he, he brought maybe four or five kids up to practice because that's when Andy Bathgate, Fontenato, and Dean Prentice, they were going to the NHL at that time. So there was room. So Junior B was Junior B was 20 bucks a week, 15 for room and board and 5 bucks to spend it. If you made Junior A, you got 60 bucks. And then I got a job at Hale's Meat Market. I was making 40 bucks. <laughs> You're uh, a rich guy in those yeah, days then, making that and, kind of money. And then, like, you, you never thought about the NHL. You, you just thought about making a buck and having fun. And, and, uh, and then I got to, to, I was playing junior B and then I went up to junior A and, uh, things start looking up there and, uh, I start scoring goals and, and then you, then you say, well, you know, I think I can make that NHL, and and that's what happens. Any hockey heroes when you were growing up? I mean, in those days, it wasn't even on TV. You had to listen on the radio. Yeah, you yeah. Foster Hewitt, and any particular hockey player that you really looked up to? Not, not really. You, you, like hockey wasn't the thing. Hockey was like was work, and uh, like you know what I mean. My dad worked for Ink, and then like myself, I like. There was Timmy Horton across the road, you know what I mean? But there, there's no, like when I came up, like, you know, like Gordie Howe and then Fontenato and all these guys, when I played, then I started knowing hockey a little bit better. Eddie, you're 13 years old. How did you get a driver's license at 13 years old? <laughs> well, at that time, Sudbury, uh, I worked at Dominion Stars. I worked at the market. I, I was uh, like a big, I was fairly big and uh do you actually have a, an actual ontario driver's license in oh, your yeah. pocket at the age of 13 yeah, that's right and then, that, then I, but i right? but i was like 16 but did you when you but, when you but, applied for the license did they ask you your age 
I said sixteen. Oh, I see. Okay, <laughs> because that's there was like hundred dollar fine. Yeah, I got if you it. I got lied. It. I mean, we used to. Caught. It's basically what we used to do when we were in high school. We were yeah. fifteen, and we used to go drinking in the bars, right? right? So, right. so yeah. you had a license at the age of thirteen, and then I had a thirty-eight Dodge, and then I worked for then a the, thirty-eight Dodge. Yeah, and then oh, I wow. worked for. Dominion stars. Okay. And working for Dominion stars Wednesday afternoon. If, and then Chester Wilcox was my boss. So we, the afternoon, then we go for cocktails after like Wednesday afternoon. At 13. At 13. <laughs> the world has changed. And, and then, That's... That, and then the, the, the guy next to me, he had a 42 Dodge and I said, my car is faster than your car. Oh, no, no. And then after a couple more drinks, we said, well, let's go out Highway 17 and see whose car is the fastest. <laughs> so I went out there, and he he beat me. So And then there was a hot dog place on Highway 17. He turned left in there, and I looked in my mirror. There was a cop car. So I said to the guy next to me, it was Emil Lavar. I said to him, should I just keep going instead of going in there? Because the cop's going in there. You know, he says, go in there. But I should never listen to him. I should have just went a little farther and hid. And I wouldn't have had my, they wouldn't, I wouldn't have got my license suspended. I got my license suspended when I was uh, 14. You think but I heard you got it back. Out. I heard you got the license back, though. Yeah, I got it back. I I lost it for six months for for racing and was speeding and that. And then you get it back at fourteen. So he gets it at thirteen, <laughs> loses it at thirteen and a half, and gets it back at fourteen. Oh. And sixteen to drive. And then uh, only Eddie Shack could do that. And, yeah, but then when I played junior A hockey, I had my license, and I worked for uh, the coal company, Palmer Coal, and I drove the truck there, and uh, I made money there. Uh, you, and talking about your career with the Guelph Biltmores, you uh, you went to Guelph at the age of fifteen. Uh, and, and, uh, in your last, uh, this is what sometimes gets lost, uh, unfortunately in your story, because, you know, you're the entertainer. We remember you with the lease, but you're, you're, you're a damn good junior player. In fact, when, when you graduated to, to, uh, you didn't come to the Leafs originally, you went to the, uh, the New York Rangers, you were the best junior players in hockey, uh, in Canada yeah. that year, yeah. uh, 102 points. 47 goals, went to the Memorial Cup Finals. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Brian, maybe you can correct me. Uh, the year that Eddie graduated in from the OHL, he had more points than Frank Mahovlich. Yeah, that's true. I think uh, stats aren't my thing, but I do know from the book that he had more than Frank that year. Yeah, and but, uh, so but, we, we 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 forget that you're you're a damn good hockey player. I don't want to say we forget, but no, it gets but, overshadowed by your by your personality. So I. Our, our farm team, like that, was the Guelph Biltmores, and and Guelph from Toronto is not very, not too far, right? It's an hour. Yeah. Okay, so I got all like what I and New York Rangers are playing in Toronto, and you would think that you they've got a, a young kid in Guelph that's done this, he's done that. You think that they would bring that young kid up and play. At the Maple Leaf Gardens with New York Rangers, you think that they would, you know what I mean? And then that year, I, they they sent me down to Providence, Rhode Island Reds, and then I, I broke my leg, and then I, I didn't have the confidence. Then I when I then I'm I'm with New York, but they didn't hit it the proper way. That's what I thought. 
And and then, uh, you know, I guess you were in New York a couple of years and you ended up uh, uh, getting traded to Toronto, but that almost never happened. You almost became a Detroit Red Wing. Okay. Tell there, us tell us that story. There was Bill Gasby and I traded for Red, Red Leonard Kelly. To Detroit. To, yeah. That, 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 tra- that trade had been made. So you were supposed to go to Detroit. Right. So now I, the deal is made now, and now I'm on the in the dressing room, and then I'm saying about New York. I know the deal has gone through because we we're in Detroit at that time. So now we come back into to New York, and I'm sort of I'm laughing because I'm going to Detroit with Gordy Howe. You know what I mean? And uh, all of a sudden, the deal falls through. R- Red Leonard Kelly does not want to come to go to New York. So the deal is canceled. Now I got to go back to New York. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I I definitely had a bad mouth sometimes, and I, I wasn't afraid to tell anybody to go and stick it in their crease. <laughs> you know, and, and that was, and it was Phil Watson was the coach at that time. But thank God that Leonard didn't go to, to, to uh, New York because I wouldn't have been in Toronto. So I, I thank Leonard Kelly for doing what he did. Yeah, we thank him, too, because I, I can't even imagine 1960s Toronto Maple Leaf hockey without without uh, without you, Eddie. You certainly uh, left an indelible impression, uh, Naz. Red Kelly, you said he was the best player ever, even better than Bobby Orr and uh, well, Wayne Gretzky. Okay, Leonard Kelly, uh, he played defense in Detroit. got to ask you, did you always... In your personal relationship with, with Mr. Kelly, what, for you, was it Red or was it Leonard? I always called him Leonard. Were you one of the only ones that called him Leonard? Not too many. That, okay. Like, whether it's, like the, his, his kids, like there's probably one of them that calls him Leonard. But I, I really respect the guy, and I think that he was one of the greatest hockey players. He played defense. He was on four Stanley Cups in Detroit. When he left, he came to that like uh, it was uh, that got him, and they weren't weren't supposed to talk to him. Uh, Ballard's uh, who was a Clancy, Clancy King Clancy, you know, and he was Clancy was not supposed to talk to Red at that time. To and he was on the farm. He had the the the, the marijuana, or the not the marijuana, but the the, the, the grew tobacco there, right? Okay. <laughs> so Big he, difference, Eddie, back in those days. Yeah, same but, thing, same thing today, though. Yeah. But you know what I meant, though. of course, yeah, absolutely. I can get. Yeah, it. we got. It. Yeah. But uh, with uh, Leonard being on the farm. Clancy talking to him, got him to Toronto. So from there on, uh, he, four, and then Stanley, four Cups. Stanley Cups. With, uh, but then he was a, a, a great individual too, like a gentleman and a scholar. Talk, talking about great individuals, uh, uh, you had the privilege of playing with an incredible group of men. In the early 1960s in Toronto, it was uh, it was certainly Keon uh, Armstrong a, a, and Duff. <laughs> a, it was a golden it was a golden era yeah. Toronto Maple Leaf hockey, the golden era. We all came of age during that time period. Uh, three Stanley Cups, four Stanley Cups, three in a row. Uh, tell us about uh, the men you played with, and uh, and what kind of a group you were. Well, it, it was like Carl Brewer, 
and then Bobby Bond, you know, know what I mean? There was Al Arbor, you know, there, and then there, like, we had Horton, I mean, like, Horton was the defenseman, too. Everybody worked hard, like Keon Armstrong and Duff, you know what I mean? That Shaq and Harrison, whoever wants to go with them. <laughs> and then, and then when, when I was there, if I wasn't playing, my dad would be at one end and yelling, we want Shaq. We, what I Jack? said, Jesus, Dad, Christ, you're you're embarrassing me. So what do I do? I go up on the other side. We want Shaq. We got while 10, he's on the bench, ten thousand people yelling, "We want Shaq." Now, Emma, I actually remember that. Emma, yeah. Emma yeah. looks at me and I said, "If they want you so bad, go up there and sit with them and <laughs> shut up." On that note, Eddie, I gotta gotta ask you. You you you, you segued right into it. Punch. Punch was there uh, throughout the 60s, uh, and there's difference of opinions with respect to Punch. Uh, he's obviously, obviously a very successful coach, and I guess at the end of the day, that's what counts. Some, some people got along with Punch, some didn't. Um, how'd you get along with Punch, and what'd you think of him? Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm in Toronto, I, the coach is Punch M. Lack. Uh, I, I worked hard and, uh, I, I did what, you know what I mean? I, I felt that he knew what he was doing. He, like he knew how to get the best out of you. And when, when, it, when he went to Buffalo, he, he got me. So he, him and I got along pretty good, but I was still Eddie Shack, you know what I mean? And then I, <laughs> I still, you know, like with George Armstrong and, you know, you, with uh, Leonard Red Kelly and like Billy Harris, you know, you had so many great guys. And then with Johnny Bauer and I were, were good buddies because at one time nobody knew how old Johnny was. Yeah, like Johnny that. wanted yeah. to stay where he was. He didn't want to come to Toronto and, uh, and punch got him to come and coming here that he was always a different age. Oh yeah. I'm 20. <laughs> Eight. Oh, I'm. Oh, I'm 27. Oh, I forgot. I'm 20. You know what I mean? But th- th- this is why Johnny and he he loved it here, and and he was a a, a great individual, a, a guy that you know. What I mean? You you gotta love him. You know what I mean? Maybe sure. How did you get along with him? You were in Springfield for a while. Okay, how I got to Springfield, where where I'm playing for New York, young kid, and. We lost five games. We're in Montreal, and all of a sudden they said, we're going to have a meeting. Okay, let's have a meeting. I don't like who. Nothing will be held against you. (laughs) So, like they said, like the the meetings, like nothing, you could say whatever you want. Like Andy Bathgate would say, look, we need to work a little bit harder. Uh, uh, Fonato would say maybe we're, we're not eating the proper food because uh, because he's he's so cheap, right? He didn't he just ate eggs and he didn't have a steak. We always had a steak at that time. And then it, it'd go to Prentice, and then it would go to. So it comes to me now, right? And I said, Phil, everything you have said to me has gone one ear and out the other. <laughs> Holy Jesus! That was the wrong thing to say. Especially in those days. Yeah. (laughs) So now nothing is held against you. And they canceled the meeting right away. They didn't go to no one else, right? So I go in the hallway, and who's the trainer at that is Frank Pace. 
he was the trainer, and he's walking beside me, going down. I said, what are you walking beside me for, for Christ's sake? I said, he said, I want to tell you something. You're going to Springfield. <laughs> I, isn't that and not just lovely, eh? Yeah, <laughs> nothing held against you. Now I'm going to Springfield, right? So now go to Springfield, Eddie Shore. Eddie Shore had a there. reputation at the time. Yeah, <laughs> and Don Cherry was there too. Yeah, and then Eddie Shore. I liked him. You know what I mean? I scored goals, and I was getting ice time, and I was having fun. And then, and with Don Cherry, like he. He was just a, an average hockey player. You know, he wasn't way yeah. overboard or anything like that. He was just, and I I played with him. But now they call me back two weeks because they, they could trade me again. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I said, no. I said, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm staying with Eddie Shore. Because at that time, you made 4,500, and then you made 7,500. So minor leagues to the NHL. Well, there wasn't that much difference, anyways, and uh, and then and then that's when Bathgate and uh, they asked me to you know come back to Toronto and then I uh, to New York. So th- then I got back to New York. On that note, we've got to go to break. Uh, just to remind our listeners in the house today, Eddie the Entertainer Shack. Uh, the new book is Eddie Shack: Hockey's Most Entertaining Stories. It's with Ken Reed. We're also in the house today. The publisher Brian Aaronworth. It's a it's a great read. It's a great book, and uh, you can get it at you know where you can get. Tell it. us where you can get it, Eddie. Okay, <laughs> at Bruno's <laughs> Avenue Road, <laughs> Avenue Road in the four hundred one, and, and that's where gr- I live, right <laughs> there. It's a great meat market if you happen to be in the neighborhood, but you could probably get it at, at frameworth.com a little easier or uh, on Amazon. And they're now, uh, it will be available in uh, Indigo stores. Uh, and Eddie will be uh, there on the weekend signing autographs. Hi, Bruno. How are you? <laughs> That's Ladies funny, and though. gentlemen, that's that's a little bit of an inside joke. Anyways, we're not finished with Eddie. We're not finished. We're going to the end of the hour with Eddie. We're just going to go to break. We'll be back shortly. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest. We'll never be the cheapest. We'll never be the snazziest dressed. What? Yeah, my point is... We want to be the best! At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. 
Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. Downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. And also live video streaming www.zoomerradio.ca in the house today the entertainer himself eddie shack uh the book is eddie shack 23 23 right (laughs) clear the clear the track here he comes hockey's most entertaining stories with ken reed also in the house today the publisher brian aaronworth brian uh putting this book together uh there's as you as the title says Hockey's most entertaining stories. Tell us about. Uh, let's drag Eddie into some of these stories. Tell us well, I some of the great you. stories in the book. For sure, I got to get you on track uh, to tell these stories because part of the best part of the book, I think, are the stories that fans don't generally hear. It's all about stats and and the teams they played for and all that stuff, which is interesting, especially for Eddie. But but the stories um, that I just continue to laugh over, and I've heard them over and over again. They're funny every time. But but we've got the story. Um, Bobby Hall donated a story uh, to the book, which was quite funny. And Eddie, tell the story about uh, uh, asking uh, Bobby for one of his uh, sticks. Like uh, like we we use the CCM sticks, and they they use Sherwood, and the Sherwood stick was a much better stick. Like in the day, yeah, in the day, and and Bobby would curl it like you're only as a rule and inch and a half of a curve and Bobby's was just a little bit more <laughs> so I asked Bobby for and Bobby you got the stick for me he said here Shacky here you know what I mean so he gave me the stick and I'm playing with it in Chicago and if I don't score a goal right away and I said thanks Bobby thank you but I had to go really you know what I mean 
if I don't get the hat trick, right? Getting the hat trick in Chicago, I went over to the bench and I said to Bobby, Bobby, thanks a lot. And I was fairly a little bit loud. And then the coach was, what is this kind of, what, you know what I mean? And then I just skated away. But uh, Bobby, Bobby was like putting his head down. The coach said, well, <laughs> who gave like, him this weapon? Give him a weapon that scores a hat trick against us. Uh, there's another uh, what the the I, I, for me the some of the funniest stories is you had a, you had a great relationship with uh, with the Richard brothers, uh, Maurice and, and well, Henri and yeah. and, and uh, you know. But the the John Bellavo story, but tell us. But why I had such a, a, a good relationship with Andre, because remember the third man in is okay. out of the game, and it was always Ferguson, Ferguson and I, Ferguson, and Ferguson was pretty He's serious. A tough guy. Yeah, and a tough guy, right? <laughs> and and my nose didn't want to get the hit with it, you know what I mean? So now, third man in. Is great. I'm saying hello, hallelujah, right? So now, who do, who I, do I pick on? Is Andre Richard? <laughs> I this is the the little guy, the littlest the little guy, guy on, right? on the rink. Yeah. So I got him right by the shoulders, and I can't I can't get my hands for it. So I said, let's see if this little bugger can take this. Boom! <laughs> I coco bonked him. I got him above the eye, and the, the language shit, the shit, the goddamn, you know, and no yeah. heady and that. Now we're going into Montreal. So skating around Fergie. Fergie, grab your own partner. I got I know who I got, right? So now I'm going into the dressing room. Who's there? But Morris the Rocket Richard. Skating in to the bench, into the dressing room, just about getting in. He says, Hetty. Morris says, Hey, Hetty. <laughs> My name not Hetty, you know what I mean? I, I looked up at him and I was smiling a bit. He says, thank God you never hit him with your nose or you would have split my brother in two. <laughs> but the, the, and then Henri and I, uh, later on, we went into the pop shop together. the pop shop, yeah. yeah. He, I did Ontario, he did Quebec, two and a half rivers. Oh, wow. Freddie, the commercials you did, the one with the garbage bag, and you end up kicking the bag and breaking it. Well, that... Uh, that wasn't in the script, was it? No, no, that... Uh, <laughs> That uh, used to do my commercials is um, uh, Rimstead, Paul Rimstead, Paul Rim- the Rimmer, the yeah. Rimmer, right? And he'd say, "No, no second one. As soon as they, you, it's you're a hit. one shot thing, no yeah. retakes." So now the commercial is done, and all of a sudden now I'm boom, 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 and then I kick it. And I go ah. And and that's the one they took. The bag breaks, <laughs> and that was the funny. That made the whole commercial. Yeah. And uh, you also had some uh, interesting uh, run-ins with Gordy Howe as well. Yeah, Gordy, I knocked him out twice. You knocked out Gordy Howe twice. I knocked Stan Makita once, and Reggie, I knocked him out. I, I no Lady Bing over here. <laughs> <laughs> but we at one point the NHL used to go to Vermont to play golf, and the NHL would be paying for it. And at that time, we were drinking Tuberg. Tuberg was the most yeah. expensive, and then whatever we could charge up to the NHL, we would. So now we're sitting down eating steak, and and Gordy and I are we, we're sh- talking and shooting the breeze back and forth, and we we got pretty friendly there. And he thinks, "Who's the greatest of them all, Gordy Howe?" 
And I said, Gordy, listen to this. Clear the truck. Here comes Shaq. He knocks him down and he gives him a... He said, that's what I want to talk to you about. You don't hit me and I won't hit you. I said, Gordy, shake on that one and I'm in. <laughs> you know what? I can't let this one go. Clear the track. Here comes Shaq. Uh, iconic, iconic song. I can't remember if it was 65 or 66. I still got the 45 or the, yeah. was it 45s or 78s, whatever they were called <laughs> in those days. I haven't got a machine that can that play them. 45, yeah. Uh, 45. Clear the chat. Number one on the, on, on the, on the chum ten, on the chum charts. Talk about bringing, bringing back the past. Where did that song come from? Where did the, how did, how did uh, that Brian, whole pride, where did that all come from? Brian McFarlane, he, he wrote it and it, it was number one for a, a month. Like, you know what I mean? And when you turn, like, when you turn the radio on and you hear clear the track and a guy that, you know what I mean, is, is illiterate to hear his song and number one and Nancy Sinatra and these boots. And I always like cowboy boots and I always like Nancy Sinatra, like a uh, uh, Frank, you know what I mean? And she beat me out and I said, Oh my God. Isn't uh, that it was number one for three weeks, three weeks. But you know, ahead, what's Brian. even more amazing is that we talk about Nancy Sinatra beating him out, but the chum charts at that time, the beat, the beach boys were below him. Uh, the uh, we Kinks were below him. All these <laughs> we didn't huge care about bands. That. We no, he knows Nancy Sinatra, but those were much bigger names, and he's number one. That was amazing. <laughs> you were the entertainer. I got to ask you, Eddie. Um, the whole, uh, the whole. At at some point in time, were you when were you in junior with the Rangers with, with the Leafs? When when did you did this? Were you always the entertainer, or did that? So you've evolved into that. It's, well, it seems like that's just your personality. I, I, I just, I just love people. I, I love, you know, doing different things. I, I, I like, and, and nothing embarrassed me because, you know, when you can't read or write and then like Bobby Bond used to brown me off is like, I'd be skating by and, and he'd be yelling at, Hey, Shaq, C-A-T. I said, Boom, boomer, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like things like that, like, like I, I was opened with my education and I wanted to, I wanted to, and I tell kids to go to, like, I went to school when I, in New York, they sent them to school. I went to school in Guelph. Uh, like I in Sudbury, I went to school because I went to Catholic school, and they felt uh, like maybe there was too much religious, and like let's go to a public school where, where they could g- get through to me and then get me to read. You know what I mean? Then when I used to go to school, I used to put the, like the spelling words right. I'd put the words under uh, under a paper, and then I'd I'd put the paper there, and the teachers say, "Well, children." And children would be underneath it, right? Yeah, children. All right, that's good. Then she'd say, school. Oh, school. But if she would f- mix it up, then I would be completely, <laughs> I'd have a zero again. <laughs> Eddie, that's you, pretty smart, though, eh? <laughs> you, you, you scored, you're one of the few, few, I think there's only two of you, scored 20 goals with five different teams. There, I think there's you Dean and, and Dean Prentice and maybe Bill Guerin. I think I don't, Bill Guerin. I Bill Guerin. Not that many. But uh, what I had forgotten, but you got traded from Toronto to Boston. Then you went to Boston and you joined the Big Bad Bruins just when they were. And you got to hang with Derek Sanderson. I played with him. And uh, 
That must have been there. Must have been some stories from uh, from that time period playing with, playing with those guys. Well, and then Esposito, and yeah. then uh, and Orr, and uh, Orr, and then like it, it was fun. You know what I mean? And then that's when you'd park your car down below, and then somebody would steal it. That's that's what Boston was. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, I had a house there. Bobby Orr was great. He he was a gentleman, and he still is. You know what I mean? Then when we we get together now, he always gives me a hug. I said, "But no kissing, Bobby." <laughs> The Stan Makita story. You were you were pummeling him one night in Chicago, and uh, you were you know you got you got the uh, the responsibility of of taking on uh, taking on everybody's tough guy. And uh, man, that that must have been a difficult chore. You you had to take on Ferguson. You had to take on Reg Fleming. Uh, you know, fun that all. Like, but yeah. tell us the Stan Makita story. You were you were you were giving it to him good one night. Well. All of a sudden, Bert Olmstead and I, and then that somebody speared me, right? And then that's when Olmstead would come in, and then now the whole would everybody be grabbing somebody, and nobody got nobody got Makita, right? So I said, I better grab that little, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got a hold of him, and, and I'm right beside the the. the uh, the, the the players bench and I'm just kicking the Jesus out of him. Everything goes every boom I got him there and then I boom I hit him this way and then all of a sudden he's going down and then all the sticks are are coming they're throwing the sticks at me and then that's when I I, I knocked him out and and then what happened like then the the uh, the next year he wins the he, the Lady Bing. The Lady Bing. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Hey, you I, stopped him from you turned the Eddie, guy into Eddie, a what did Lady you, Bing player. What did you say to the St. Louis guys when they were chasing you? Well, the Plager <laughs> brothers. The Plager brothers. Well, you know, here I am because I used to always like to get in the, with Bobby Clark or whatever it is, eh? and then come on, you little, you know, let's get at it. Let, you know what I mean? But the the plaguer now they're they're coming after me right and then the other plaguer comes after me now I got nobody to help me out so now I'm skating backwards and I'm saying to the plaguer I can skate faster backwards than you guys can skate forward so I'm not really worried about you <laughs> yeah, they were they were chasing you all over the ice that game yeah, uh, yeah. I, I certainly remember that one anyways the book is Eddie Shack hockey's most entertaining stories with Ken Reed. If you're looking for a stocking stuffer, you're looking for something. Turns it the other way. Oh, we're gonna put it that way. Oh, huh? yeah, that, that one there was number one for. No, that, that was the the number one photo of all time. You're on. You jump. You're a Buffalo Saber, and who's you jumped on somebody's Jerry uh, Jerry Eamon. Jerry Eamon. And they gave me a penalty for that. Can you imagine that? <laughs> they, but that's how they picked on me. Then when I would get a penalty, right? I would. I would. They they would be pointing at me, right? And I would duck, and I'd get into the bench. I'd hide into the bench, and he couldn't get me. So. Anyways, Eddie, I, I apologize. We, we, uh, to our listeners, we've unfortunately, unfortunately run out of time. Uh, we could do this for a lot longer. Uh, Eddie, you have no idea how much, uh, how much we appreciate, uh, you coming in today and yourself, Brian. Uh, you've made Naz and I feel like 10 year old kids again. The stories are incredible. Uh, to our listeners, please, it's a great read. It's a great book. It's really book. well put great. together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. I've got 20 seconds left before they're going to cut us off the air. Tomorrow, 
is a very important day. It's Remembrance Day. There are so many that we owe so much to, young young women, men, older women, men who have sacrificed for our country. Please do whatever you can to honor them tomorrow on this most sacred day. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.